Today in Radical Personal Finance, we have a turnaround story. I invite you to tune in and listen to how this couple, Joel and Alexis, went from high-living, high-spending, normal lives to hardcore savings on track for a very early retirement. <laughs> What's the word? Weirdos? At <laughs> a complimentary way? Welcome to Radical Personal Finance, the show dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, insight, encouragement, and examples that you need for how you can live a rich and meaningful life now while also crushing your plan for financial freedom in 10 years or less. Today, my name is Joshua Sheets, and I'm your host, and today we have Joel and Alexis here to tell us their story. I think you'll find a lot of parallels that you can use in your own situation. I caught up with Joel and Alexis recently at Camp Mustache in Gainesville, Florida, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, had a neat chance to hear their story. And you're going to hear it in just a moment, where they talk about how uh, they went through their own personal transformation. And it's really fantastic because it shows how anybody can change if the motivation is strong enough for them to change. Uh, that's what I want you to take away from today's show. Uh, I'm going to save any more preamble and just simply talk about our sponsors, and I'll play the interview for you. Sponsor of the day number one is Paladin Registry. Paladin Registry is the way that I've chosen to try to help those of you who would like to work with a financial advisor to find a good one. It's a screening service, a registry service for financial advisors. When you go out and try to find a financial advisor, it's hard to know whether you're going to be working with somebody that's good or not. It's hard to know how to check their background, how to understand their business practice, how to understand how they earn their revenue, what their qualifications and credentials are. Paladin Registry tries to give you a leg up by helping you with that due diligence process. To find a qualified screened financial advisor, go to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash Paladin, P-A-L-A-D-I-N. Again, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash Paladin. That link will forward you through to a landing page. You'll put in your name, your address, your contact information, email address, phone number, how much money you have, etc. And they'll use that information in order to try to connect you with a pool of qualified candidates in your local area that you can go on to interview, meet with, and see if they are worth your working with with them, worth your hiring them to work with you as a financial advisor. Uh, I have no way to know if you'll be able to find your next financial advisor with Paladin Registry. That will depend on personal fit, personality profile, etc. Do they listen as well as you would like them to? Do they understand you and your unique situation? But I can at least promise you that you'll start your interview process with better candidates than choosing out of the yellow pages. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash Paladin. This show is also sponsored by SoFi. SoFi stands for Social Finance. It's a modern, up-to-date lending company. Uh, came out of the tech, um, what was it? The founders were out in, in California. And they were all in tech school. And they're looking around the lending industry and saying, uh, business school, not tech school. And they're saying, why is this technology so antiquated? I remember when I got a mortgage a number of years ago, just a few years ago, and still sending faxes. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Why can't we smooth things out and, and make a modern lending company? And so they created SoFi. They started in the area of student loans. They've moved on to many other areas of financing since then. Uh, they have great rates. They do a great job of underwriting, making the process simple and seamless. Check in to see, check, check with them to see if you can save some money on your loans. Remember, decreasing expenses is always a good thing to do, especially when you can have the same product, i.e. a loan, 
at a cheaper price, i.e. lower interest. Go to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash SoFi. You can do most of the process right on your phone. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash SoFi and see if you can save some money. And I need to check to see, but if you use my referral links there, uh, you get, uh, I think it's a $100 credit for one type of loan and a $200 credit for another. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash SoFi. And with that, here we go. Joel and Alexis, welcome to Radical Personal Finance. Hey, how are you? We're glad you guys are here. So we're here at um, Camp Mustache, Southeast 2017. How did you wind up at Camp Mustache uh, and uh, how did you wind up in this world of of financial independence? Yeah, so, you know, we had been watching in the FI community all of these Chautauquas and Camp Mustaches uh, for the past few years. And uh, when we finally saw that one was coming here to Gainesville, uh, we're, we're Floridians, so we were like, this is so close. This is such a great opportunity to go and meet meet yeah. other people it's in, in the Florida. FI field. It's not in Ecuador. It's yeah. not in Seattle. <laughs> you don't have to get your passport located. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I can drive to this. this we we got to do this. Driving uh, is good. Uh, I kind of said we, ha- we, have to, we have to go meet people um, and, and just kind of be a part of this because of the photos uh, that I had seen on other, on other blogs, uh, how much fun everybody was having at these events. I said, we really need to get more involved in the FI community. Awesome. So tell me your story, especially as it relates to financial independence. Yeah. Where did you guys start? So um, out of college, uh, we were software engineers. Uh, We kind of had a a pretty good income, uh, and we just kind of got into a very spendy habit. Um, We slowly kind of had lifestyle inflation creep in, and uh, before we knew it, you know, we were just, we looked at some old, some old figures, and, you know, 2012, we were, we were spending six figures, expenses-wise, and uh, not proud of that, but, you know, I I think it was a symptom of not really enjoying my job, and it being kind of stressful, Mm -hmm. Uh, and around 2014, we found the Mr. Money Mustache blog. uh, Well, you uh, found it. You were... You, well, you found it first, right? You, Jose yeah, well, pointed had, it to you. I had looked at other things. So, like, I had read Susie Orman before, and then I had seen Dave Ramsey, because out of college, I was like, oh, we're adults now. We go buy things, because <laughs> yeah. we have money now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I read Dave Ramsey, and he had all these steps, and then it, it really didn't go... There was, like, a certain point where I was like, well, there might be more than this, but I didn't really delve any further, because I was like, oh, well, okay, that's it. Well, let's just do our thing. We'll just keep earning, yeah. and then we'll and then just, you know, our, our, a buddy of I uh, of ours, he uh, he pointed Alexis at Mr. Money Mustache. I kind of glanced at it, but didn't really care too much for it. you know. I, I was like, ah, this is no big deal. I, she she kind of really took it in though. She she was always the saver in our relationship. Yes. I was kind of always the spender. So for many years, she didn't want to merge our accounts. I gotta, I gotta ask. I gotta interrupt you. Do you feel weird telling this story while Mr. Money Mustache himself gets a beer out of the refrigerator behind you? Yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he knows, he oh, knows no. he, that we did a 180. So it, he's, it, he's probably beaming with he, pride. He, over there, he, he punched us virtually many times. Oh, there, there we go, go. <laughs> Mr. Money Mustache's beard. Can I get him on the microphone? If we can get his beard on, on the microphone. Yeah, I'll join you later. <laughs> All right, we'll do we'll do one later. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we we needed a big. Uh, a big uh, mustache punch uh, for yeah. how we were spending, and uh, you know, I I didn't really 
I, I didn't really think much about it because for the first time I had this cash flow and I'm like, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend it. I'm going to live it up. And she, for that reason, she never wanted to combine our accounts. Oh, no. She, she, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I would, I, I, I had was a, like, you want to join, like, it was before we were married. He's like, if we join our bank accounts, you know, we won't have to go through all this trouble of like trying to put, you know, our, our rent together and our, and our, our food budget together. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, no way, no way, Joel. Yeah, just, I, I would, I would try to justify spending with more spending. So I would yeah. say things like, oh, well, just. You would try to justify his spending well, with trying to convince me to. If go I spend. would come home, <laughs> if I would come home with a shiny new, you know, Xbox One from Best Buy that I didn't budget for, and then I'd say, don't, don't be mad, hun. You could go spend five hundred dollars now to, to compensate. <laughs> see, see, we're, um, it's okay. You it's earn like money people. too. Always want to get everyone else to eat the same foods. So we don't feel as guilty. Yeah. <laughs> so around. Around 2014, she started reading Mr. Money Mustache, and ironically, about about the same time, uh, she was in a uh, very serious car accident. Um, yeah, car was totaled. Car was Oof. totaled. Luckily, she was okay. Yeah. Um, but we got this, you know, this check from the insurance company for a new car, and we were a two-car household. And I kind of looked at it, and I said, you know what? Let me let me read this must- Money Mustache again, because I kind of realized like it was kind of an awakening. Like, wow, you know, life is may- maybe kind of precious. Maybe we right. should really think a little bit more about what we're doing and how we're blowing our money. And so I, I really got into the, the blog. I kind of binged through the MMM blogs uh, over the next month. We decided to take that. It was like $10,000 check. It wasn't that much, but it, we decided let's, let's put this into Vanguard instead. Let's become kind of a one uh, car household because we worked three miles away from each other, yeah. our, our, our job. So we said, we, we should be carpooling. Why, why do we need a Dave Ramsey cars? fan? It was like, that was, that was a great snowball start. Right, right. Yeah. So that was kind of our, our inflection point. Uh-huh. And so we just decided from that point forward, like every month, once a month, we would look at our, our budget and say, what can we trim? What can we, what can we reduce and, and build this? Yeah. This snowball. And I would say our expenses went from what was six figures at one time. Uh, the following year went down to the 50s or 60s. Uh, and then the last uh, two years, uh, we've only had spending uh, barely over 30 a year. Wow, congratulations. Um, and I'll tell yes. you, our happiness is actually better now. You, you know, the money really, it's really, you know, cliched, but it's so true that money does not buy you happiness. Uh, the happiness has actually come in working together towards this goal of FI and like finding this, this common ground uh, and working as a team towards like the same, the same vision. Yeah. It was a new common front together that we could do together. And I'm really glad that we found that commonality because that really, really helps. Cause if you don't have someone on your team, then it's just, it, it'll feel like a struggle. Yeah. And we had a moment where there was a little bit of a disagreement on how gazelle or mustachian we were getting. We decided we wanted to pay off one of our uh, our rental property at the time, and so I we got a little too extreme in the frugality, uh, and it was a good test of our uh, our uh, mustache muscle. How did you know uh, it was too extreme? Um, when Joel <laughs> said, "We're not going to use the car or go anywhere on weekends, ever." <laughs> And she's like, Joel, we live 10 miles from everything. I can't do this. I, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, all right, maybe we, we pushed it a little too far. Uh, at, our, at our most extreme, we were able to, you know, hit a, a 83% savings rate. 
Um, now we've backed it off in the last year to a much more comfortable 76-ish savings rate, which is still very fast. Um, like I said, we're, we are blessed to have very good incomes, um, but we also realize that these jobs, while they pay well, we just, they're kind of soul-sucking. They're, uh, they don't allow for creative freedom. They're, they're very stressful mentally. And so we kind of want to get to that FI point so that we could spend our time with family, spend our time, um, you know, kind of... Spend our time on the endeavors that we really want to work on. Yeah. And during yeah. our, our peak productive hours. Right. So, yeah, because yep. when you get home, you know, the thought of thinking after an entire day of thinking... Seems sure. really unappealing. We we work nine hour work days, which turn into eleven hour work days, and then you get home and you're just like uh, drained mentally. You know, you're you're out of energy, and so it's one of those things where you said, "Wow, we can turn this around." We that it was the light bulb moment where it's like we can choose how many years we're going to work, as opposed to you know so many people. The, the, even the question seems funny to them. How many years do you want to work? It's like. Uh, we thought you work till you're 60 years old. You know, that's, yeah. that's what everybody thought. And if we had just listened to our college professor when he said, whose name is also Pete, and he yeah. was just like, live like a college student as long as you can. And yeah, I was we like, should have taken oh, that Pete. advice. <laughs> we, we should have taken that advice. I, but, like, uh, I should have listened. <laughs> so now, now we're on the way and may, maybe one, one to two years away from FI. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like we have this story where it's like you can be really pointed in the wrong direction, uh, still turn things around if you, if you kind of have that common goal. And, Let me just clarify. Cause, yeah. So the reason you said his name is also Pete is because Mr. Money Mustache's parents did not you know, when he came out of the womb, they didn't look down and say, oh, look, here's Mr. Money Mustache. Yeah. His name is Pete. <laughs> yes, uh, so I, I <laughs> yeah, usually, I should have clarified I usually that. don't refer to him as Pete. I usually refer to him as Mr. Money Mustache. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you were, yeah. you were laughing yeah. about them being both. So yeah. the audience doesn't miss Pete. the joke. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at this point, it's like I, uh, the thing that I want to get across to people is you can be pointed in completely the wrong direction and feel like you're on just the wrong side of things. But that shouldn't be discouraging. That shouldn't that shouldn't uh, keep you down because it, it, you really can turn things around if you, if you have the vision and, you, and it's meaningful. Um, you can get back on the right track. Yeah, uh, well, to also clarify, I mean, we didn't, when we came out of college, we didn't have any debt, but then we just started accumulating debt. Like, right. okay, we got a mortgage in 2007. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad um, idea. That was, that was not the smartest idea. And then, of we, course, we didn't have any furniture or anything to our names. So then we're like, well, we got to fill that house with furniture. All mm. brand new furniture. Yeah, <laughs> right. we were the anti-mustachians. It's like, uh, I don't have a car. I need a new car. Right, Wait, right. actually, we should get two new cars, right? Uh, yes. So we were the anti-mustachians. Pretty much every article that Mr. Money Mustache has, we could, ha we could write an article of how we did the exact opposite and how that worked out for us. Um, <laughs> we, we really did do things wrong, but then once we had that light bulb moment, we are like, wow, we can turn this around. And, and as engineers, you know, we're, we love spreadsheets. So as soon as we saw the numbers, we were like, holy cow, this is correct. We don't need to work forever. Yeah, like this isn't any kind of woo-woo stuff. This is, this is real. This right. is... Yeah. You can you can trace this back. You can do the math. Right. Yeah. So right. that was good. So for us, it was just we saw that that finish line, and I was like, "What can we do? Yeah, you know, how do we get there?" Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So you have just recently become friends with me. Mm -hmm. My wife and I we just graduated from college. We just bought a new house. 
Um, we just filled that house with furniture that we bought all brand new uh, okay. on credit. Oh, boy. And we just bought two new cars mm. um, on credit. Okay. How would you communicate with my wife and me in a way that would help us to understand or perhaps to start to see what it is that you see now? First, I would say, are you happy right now? You're really excited. You got all this stuff. It's amazing. Well, right? I just put my, my new car on Facebook and I got yeah. 142 likes. Yeah. yeah. Do you love your job? Do you want to do this for the next 30 or 40 years? That's, that's the question you really want to ask. Now, now, Mr. Money Mustache will say everybody should be FI because even if you love your job, it gives you power, it gives you, you know, the ability to negotiate. And, it, and that's all true. But I, I think the real key is if you don't like your job, even, even if you're just mediocrely okay with your job, uh, but you're using these purchases as kind of a Band-Aid to feel a little better, to, to maybe make life seem a little easier you're actually handcuffing yourself to that job longer. You know, you are, you, you think you're easing the pain maybe with, a, uh, with some of these purchases, but you're actually just ensuring that you're going to be in that job for longer or possibly forever with certain people. I, I have family members that uh, unfortunately are in their 80s and they're still working because they don't have another choice. And uh, if somebody had asked me in college, instead of the question, where do you want to live? What kind of house do you want? What kind of car do you want to drive? If somebody had asked me the question, how many years do you want to work? That just, to me, is so revealing. It's so, I wish that I had known in college, because right? I'd be done right now. Um, but really, it's just that that's the question. If you love your job, and you have a high confidence that you know, you'll be easy, able to find jobs in that field, uh, for a long time and, 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 and you don't worry about layoffs or anything like that, maybe having the two cars and the nice house isn't such a, such a big deal. But if, if you're chaining yourself to a career that maybe you don't love um, or you're... Or if you're doing it because I'm an adult now. This is what you do once mm-hmm. you leave college. Sure. Some people, you're just following the you're pattern. You're just following the, the default path. think that's what everybody does. Because that's what's presented to you. That's what yeah. you see all around you. I think challenging that is a great mental exercise. Even if you decide, yeah, I am going to buy a, a new house and, and a new car, at least kind of challenge it. Say, do I, do I need to do that? Do, is this going to be beneficial to me? Um, do I realize the opportunity cost of what else I could do with that money? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of the key. That's where you want to ground yourself. Yeah. And, and that's what I would, you know, that's what I've told my brother. I would, I, when, one day if we have children, that's what I want to get across to them is every dollar you spend could be used for something else, including buying your own freedom. So, What are you going to do when you retire? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> She's still working out. I'm still working on that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I feel like in some sense I might take like a month of, watching Netflix, but then after that, I, I know I'll probably get bored. Um, but there were certain things that I, I wanted to be a part of um, more in my community and by helping out. Um, there's this one place called The Promise, and, and they help people with special needs, and I would love to devote more time to that. I mean, I do when they have the opportunity, but sometimes it's like, oh, we need a volunteer at 2.30 in the afternoon on Tuesday. I'm right. like, I, you're working. I, I'm working, but yeah. I would love to go help out with that. And so that's one of the things that I would yeah. like to do more of. For me, it's just being able to spend more time with family, um, 
being able to work on creative endeavors. Uh, I write music. I also write um, uh, just fiction, literature, things like that. Um, there's a lot of creative things I want to do. I'm also working on uh, starting a blog later this year, and so I want to have more time to be able to put into things like that. Um, and basically just kind of be my own boss, be, be in control of my schedule, be in control of my hours, not, not have to give you know, 12 hours a day to an employer who, to them, I'm just a number, you know. Uh, I, I, I kind of am craving that control over my, over my schedule. And, you know, uh, Mr. Money Mustache jokes a lot about the alarm clock as a thing that he destroyed when he retired. And I totally get that. It's, it sounds so simple and so trivial, but it's really, I'm going to take a hammer to that alarm clock <laughs> when I go have five. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> so and all of your backup alarms oh, for you to yeah. wake up in the morning. My, you, yeah, you my, the my, seven. Yeah. Oh, you're, so you're going to beat your iPhone over the hammer. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Probably. <laughs> you just, you just uh, uh, betrayed yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, it's definitely exciting to see people recognize so the simplicity of the math the progress that they can make and and the thing that perhaps to me is the most important is just sitting here watching you you two you, it seems much easier to communicate now together about money and to be of the same mind than it was before and absolutely in my yeah. mind that's the biggest benefit yeah we're, we we're didn't always yeah. communicate that easily and no. um about that and we both saw the light bulb. We both saw the meaning behind it and what it represented in terms of our, our freedom. And it's since then we've become a team and it's, uh, I think it's improved our relationship. It's brought us closer. Uh, knowing that you've got somebody who kind of sees things eye to eye. I, I, I've heard a lot of stories of other people where one person in the relationship isn't quite as on board uh, with the FI lifestyle. For me, we were kind of the opposite. Uh, usually it's the guy trying to convince their wife. For us, it was you know, her getting me on board. And uh, I'm really glad that, uh, that we ended up going down this path because it's, it's changed our lives. I think your marriage will benefit for many decades to come. Yeah. Joel, Alexis, thank you guys hey. for coming on. Um, yeah. Do you know the name of your blog yet? Not yet. We're going to keep you posted, though. Uh, right. we're, we're working Let me know. on. We get it done in the next few weeks, then, yeah. or, then uh, maybe we'll be able to get it uh, linked before uh, yeah. before All the right. show goes out. Perfect. But thank you guys for coming on. All right. All right. Thanks. For Thanks. Us. Pay careful attention to the lessons that you can learn from Joel and Alexis' story. Alexis's. I always get confused on how to make a possessive form of a name that ends in S, like Sheets. Is it Sheets's or is it Alexis's? Pay attention to the story that you heard from Joel and Alexis <laughs> and think about how you can apply some of those lessons to your own life. A couple of things I just want to clarify to you. Number one, sometimes being uber aggressive is easier than making small incremental changes. If you have a clear goal and if that goal is close enough, a lot of times you can just Focus in and just hustle for a short period of time. And you can make dramatic change if the motivation is high enough. So consider if you would be better served by really digging in and focusing on an aggressive financial goal in your life. Number two, I just reckon, recommend think about how they were finally able to come to the place where they can work together on their money. And if you're working with your husband or your wife and you have a hard time interacting with them and finding a place of common understanding, think about what's important to the other person. Try to make things simple and make sense and try to share with them in terms of what's important to them. 
When you're trying to convey an idea to somebody, you always want to speak in their language. Try to connect it with their goals. So don't look at your husband or your wife and try to tell them all the things that are important to you. There's a place for that. But don't start there. Think about what's important to your husband or wife and try to work together to find an opportunity to make them see how your suggestions are going to get you closer to that. Regardless, I think Joel and Alexis' story is very inspirational, and uh, I hope it has been inspiring to you. Uh, I'll put links to Joel's blog since the interview. He's gone ahead and got it up, uh, so I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes for today if you want to check it out. It's a baby, ba- brand new baby blog, but I always want to help people and give them as much exposure as possible. It's just their story as they work their way through it. Uh, that's it for today's show. A couple of quick closing things. Thank you to those of you who support the show as patrons, directly supporting me. If you're not doing that, if you found value in content like this, uh, it takes time and money for me to go and do things like get these great interviews. Uh, if you'd like to support me directly in that effort, please consider becoming a patron at RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. Hey, if every member of the audience chipped in a couple bucks a month, um, it would be fantastic for me and for my business. It'd be very, 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 very helpful. Uh, and if you're not getting at least a couple of months worth of, of value from the show, why are you listening? Seriously, if I can't deliver at least a few hundred bucks a month of value to you, uh, go find a better show. <laughs> I'm doing my best, but go find a better show if that's not the case. Uh, thank you to also to those of you who have been leave doing my quick demographic survey. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, please take a moment, hit pause. Sounds something like this when you hit pause. Pause, just like that. Hit pause and go and take the survey. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash survey. Okay, now that you're back, we can go ahead and move on. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash survey. Please go do that quick demographic survey. Take you 20 seconds to do it right on your phone. That'd be super helpful to me. And with that, I'm out of here.